0: You're listening to the Screening in Kingston podcast. For more on Screening in Kingston, more episodes, info about our movie clubs, and a lot more fun movie content, visit ScreeningInKingston.com. Hello, and welcome to
1: Screening in Kingston. It is I, Tyler Vance, the Screening in Kingston Star Trek correspondent and pusher of garbage, and I am, I am returned and burdened with glorious purpose. Through circumstances likely known to us all, I have been gifted the responsibility, nay, the privilege of putting together a Screening in Kingston episode. Will the episode go off without a hitch? Did Mike and Taylor load the films I forced them to watch? And will I ever get an invite back onto the show ever again? <laughs> all ahead, we're going to do this episode on Animation 2.0. Before we do that, we have to check in with, you know, our actual hosts, not just the people who are pretending to be hosts. So Mike and Taylor, how are you doing today?
0: Uh, Good. Uh, The pusher of garbage thing is interesting because (laughs) there are some fans out there that Mm -hmm. probably believe Star Trek is also garbage. So where no matter what, you're here to talk about something they're not interested in. Like some fans have already turned it off. they like, Oh, it's a Tyler Vance episode. I'm out of here. Like <laughs> I'm sure that's that.
2: I will confess, my supervisor, I was telling my supervisor about the show. He's a big movie buff. And he mm-hmm. went, Oh, I'm gonna I've subscribed, like I'm gonna listen to the episodes. And I said, Well, you probably don't wanna listen next week. <laughs> it's not super indicative.
0: You know what, um, Taylor? That's hilarious because I just did the same thing too. Someone was like, oh, you have a podcast. I'm going to subscribe. He's like, and I said, yeah, but maybe you skip like next week go back and watch a couple episodes. And then like, it's like and I explained them, like next week is not a traditional episode. And they're like, what? I've never even heard of these movies. And it's just well, funny.
2: Guys, I was so unprepared. I don't know what to ex- what to expect, but based on the Movies I got to pick from. I just mm-hmm. assumed all the movies we were watching were anime, so I actually mm. told my supervisor, "Oh, next week is an anime." <laughs>
1: so Uh-oh. and he was yeah, like, no, "Yeah, I, anime."
2: I, I... Like, no, thanks But then, then I like saw the the poster for Boy mm. in the World, and I was like, "Oh, what are we doing? <laughs> what is yeah, happening I mean, uh, this week?" I, I
0: knew. I thought it was like he, you know, Tyler. I thought maybe you picked like a different type of anime per that's kind of what I was thinking maybe you were going for because they all seemed a little bit different but that's funny that you thought it was just all Taylor all anime I
2: just assumed <laughs> because the two movies I had to pick from were anime were so anime okay. okay
0: cool yeah
1: yeah, there was, a, there was a method to the madness of my particularly, like, acquired taste in film, um, which I am glad that you are warning people away from, is like, left, right, and center, because really, like, this is, like, I, say, I, am, I am one of those people that is, like, I have, I have recognized myself that I have is like, a pretentious taste. And my but and i hold to my pretensions but i no longer no longer wish those upon anybody else they're mine <laughs> <laughs>
0: okay that's good that you're not too like cuz i would feel pretty like i just realized the things we're saying and we're basically in front of you telling people that <laughs> like we <we're, laughs> you can't watch your thing but i'm glad you accept the fact that it's not it, these weeks are for i would do the same thing if it was a star trek episode I would be yeah. the same thing if I was you know, like someone's like, oh, I'm a big movie fan. I'm gonna start listening to your podcast. If we had a Star Trek episode coming up, I would be like, ooh, well, next week's Star <laughs> Trek. So maybe you know, back up and listen to a couple. Yeah, it's to not sense to of it or
2: you know, T- Tyler. It's not to say that all of your movie picks are trash. It's just <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's just like 95, just, just like a high amount.
2: <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, this isn't gonna be the most accessible episode. For a yeah. new listener. You
0: know? Yeah,
1: yeah. It's like has anyone ever seen that meme of Principal Skinner from The Simpsons going, Am I out of touch? No. <laughs> yes. it's children who are <laughs> yes. wrong. It's like that's kind of my take on this sort of stuff. Like <laughs> yeah. I'm like is I, I listen to them like, is am I the one that's weird? Because no one seems to like the movies that I do. I pause and went, No. I like my movies and it's tragic that everyone else doesn't get to enjoy them the way that I do.
0: <laughs> Nothing wrong with liking what you like. I mean, exactly. It's kind of been our unofficial motto on this show. So I'm, I'm excited because you are the first screening in Kingston Oscar winner to take advantage of the Bill Jerome show opportunity. Mike, that's well, not I- true. No? That's
2: not true. That's wrong, okay. Ellen. Um, Austin won and opted to produce his episode
0: Oh, I didn't realize Austin was a winner. Oh, so Austin won the the second year that I don't remember.
2: Yes. So that That's was it. Austin yeah. Erasure. Right. Right.
0: <laughs> right.
1: Yeah, and then got me to do as the host which was around a year ago to the day that we actually did that. So oh, it's wow. like um okay. so it's like yeah, it's like it seems like every time somebody wins the Oscars things, I get right. to come on screening in Kingston and make I your remember. lives miserable.
0: <laughs> I remember that. Yes, he had you host, but he built the whole episode. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I don't remember anything about that episode, but
1: I do remember <laughs> that
0: now that we said it. So my apologies. My apologies I don't remember the theme. Austin.
1: No, it I don't a, remember the It movie. was a um, an, like an award show. So we did an Why? award show where, is it where we to had to guys pick yes. the different. <laughs> 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 do you two remember the shows that no, you? No. <laughs> There are a lot of
0: episodes of this podcast. We
2: just doing black out.
0: At, like once a week for for like a, like many years. four years or how long we've yeah. we been doing this is a lot. Like we're approaching 200 episodes.
1: Yeah. Up, so, so. Yeah. Well, actually, that's something that maybe I should talk about now before we get into fan questions, which was kind of like the impetus for this episode. If you're wondering why Taylor had to watch some anime movies and Mike had to watch whatever he had to watch yeah. like, and all these sort of weird things. Do you two remember what you were doing on June 25th of
0: 2019? No. No. It's June 25th. <laughs>
1: no. No. Absolutely not. Yeah. See, I I remember what you two were doing because you were actually recording Hating on a, Disney. It's like you well, kind of. You were. It's like you were reviewing a. Uh, it's like doing a pretty great episode that was on animation. It's like um back in the day. It's like uh. It's like because Toy Story 4 had just come out, so Mike was reviewing okay. it, and then you two gave your top 10 animated films. And is like me who I'm very into animation, I was super excited about this and so I was listening to the episode like going in, and you know, it's like it is actually a very great episode of screening in Kingston because it was like the beginning of like the jokingly adversarial relationship between Mike and I because he refused to read my email on it's like on it's like on air because I had missed the deadline of oh, like, right, like, yes. it's, it's like um, <laughs> it was the first impetus for the movie club. like it was first mentioned at that time. It's oh, like um, okay. it was also the first time that Taylor badmouthed hereditary. um and it was also uh, actually you provide both provided a very good summary of off the beaten path 90s and early 2000s western animated films when is it in your top 10s like Taylor you had the Prince of Egypt which is amazing Kiki's Delivery Surface from like uh Studio Ghibli a lot of stop-motion classics like Chicken Run and then Mike you actually without knowing it managed to have half of your list be Don Bluth films which would be like Titan, A.E., Land Before Time, American Tail, Fievel Goes West and Rockadoodle, doodle which i didn't even know was a movie until i was like i was like what is this and i looked yeah. it up I'm like oh it's a, something about an elvis chicken and it's mm-hmm. directed by don bluth okay well yeah. there, there we go it's, it's all fitting
0: yeah he, it's a chicken and he's elvis yeah he exactly save, he has to save the the boy's farm from getting flooded by by crowing
1: yeah. And um so it's like I and I remember this very clearly because I was walking in Kingston listening to this and I was thinking to myself like this is a very great list it's like but there's like three categories that are kind of missing that I would have mm. loved to see represented and one of them was like animation like for adults yeah, one of them right. was japanese anime that were not specifically from studio ghibli which is kind of like as uh, Taylor had mentioned in that episode kind of the disney of japan yeah. And then uh, and the other one was kind of like more family friendly animation, but it's made by studios that are outside of the US. So people right. who are like from other countries. And so I thought to myself, self, if you ever get a chance to be on screening in Kingston, because at that point, I think I'd only been on once for start the first Star Trek episode. Mm. And if you ever get a chance to do your own episode, it's like, this is what you're going to do. And so when I won the Oscars, like many years later, a whole global pandemic later, it's like when I was thinking what to do I'm like I made a promise to myself that day walking down Queen Street that if I did this I was going to get on here and make sure that we talked about those three categories of films that were not represented in that Best of Animations and then that's that's why we're here today.
2: Wow, that was Tyler, thank you for that walk down Memory Lane
1: you're welcome I, like, I want you to know that i don't have this like, episode committed to memory i did have to go back and re-listen to it so that's the reason why i know all these things i okay. haven't just been like for like f- fermenting on it for like this long of like oh my god i, I still do don't it. remember
0: we did a top list of anim- animation movies like i, I still don't remember us the top list
2: <laughs> is ringing about me but i didn't remember that it was because of toy story 4
0: and like yep. 2019, that was like 17 years ago.
1: So it's yeah, just something close to, to that. Of, yeah. Yeah. We were <laughs> like younger
2: just, and more naive. Yeah, we all,
0: we were <laughs> so, we were so young. Uh, yep. So it was, and that was before there was a pandemic. So that's, uh, that's there was a pandemic.
1: Wow. I was still living in Kingston. I wasn't married yet. So many things have changed in that time. <laughs> wow. What a, what a time. Uh, so shall we get to fan questions? Before yes. We before we get into the, the films, I think that's the way to do it. Cool.
0: All right. So um, we've got four fan questions that all relate to, to this week. And I've got there's one that we have to get to because it's amazing. And I'm going to save it till last, though I had to do some research on this one because I didn't understand the reference at first. Um, and then I did some research. So let's get let's get to question number one. This is mm-hmm. from Josh, the Inquisitor. Uh, he wants to know, what do you think about the recent animated movie trend in addressing real topics that children face? such as Turning Red and other movies that seem to be focusing on children. Mm -hmm. Okay, Josh the Inquisitor. So this is kind of an interesting point that, like, it's animation, anime movies from, like, Hollywood and stuff are really focusing on, like, issues that kids specifically have, as opposed to, like, even, like, Toy Story and some of their early animation. Like, it's still kind of, like, out there adventure kind of movies. Mm -hmm. Whereas I haven't seen Turning Red. But I did notice this from whatever that movie is about the inside, the the young girl's head. Um, inside? And like,
1: inside Out, I think. Inside Out, that's it, yeah. yeah.
0: And like the the emotions of being a child and like having your emotions change and stuff. So that, that is an interesting trend. Um, I don't know if I have any particular thoughts on it. I haven't seen Turning Red, so I don't know if that one also assumingly addresses that. It's
2: about puberty. Thing,
0: but is it about puberty? Okay, well then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that, to me, that is a little different because uh, I can't remember films as a kid that really like specifically talked about puberty. So,
1: yeah, there has been like a push in the last little while for a lot of animated films to deal with more kind of like interesting themes. Um, I would have actually noted the trend more that like, because as the animators get older and become parents, there's a lot of Pixar films that are actually about being a parent, even though they're Mm. supposed to be, was like about like kids. So like Toy Story 4 is a good example of that, of. The entire movie being Woody having this newly formed small creature that it seems hell bent on killing itself. Sorry, it seems intent on, is like uh, throwing itself into the trash can whenever it could as they can. Ah, yeah, yes, Forky. Yeah, Forky, Forky. <laughs> yeah, Is like, um, and so then with that and like with that in mind, the movie is really about parenting. Um, but he's, uh, Josh is right that like with Turning Red, there is now like a new wave of filmmakers in Disney and Pixar that seem to be more interested. And kind of stories geared more towards kind of like actual events that are happening is like in uh, in children's lives, and I, I'm down for it. I think it's fun.
2: I'm a when I first heard that question, I was like, haven't animated movies always dealt with real <laughs> issues? But just like in like what do you, like symbolism and metaphor, like isn't that what fairy tales are for? But I
0: to a certain extent, but like I don't think Cinderella. Is about like as an example, or Snow White, or even like Sleeping Beauty, or like any of the kids that I get. No, I, I get. Me.
2: I get that it's like more literal. Like the yeah, idea is that yeah. like we're dealing with like literal life changes. Yeah, yeah totally. Um, I'm like, not a great person for this episode because like aside from Paddington, <laughs> um, I really don't watch like modern is Paddington
0: animation. Though,
2: well, Paddington is animated. <laughs> I don't, I will be honest, like I don't watch like a ton of like new movies meant for kids, you know, mm. so I yeah. like I haven't seen Inside Out. I haven't seen Toy Story 4. I do want to see Turning Red. But mm-hmm. um, by and large, like, and I think I pro- Tyler, I probably said this on the animated uh, episode, the first one, I'm not like a huge animated nut. So yeah. I can't really weigh in on this. <laughs> Fairly, I guess.
1: <laughs> yeah, I do remember that coming up. <laughs> yeah,
2: struggling to put my top 10 together. Probably.
0: Um, well, this next fan question also addresses that. Um, so Lily uh, writes in and says, I guess a good question for everyone to answer would be, I'd love to know what each of you would consider the best animated film you've ever seen. I know Taylor isn't a big animation fan, so I'm super interested to see what her answer would be. So what's your? your, We'd have to
2: pull up my top ten list. Number, Tyler, what was number one?
0: (laughs) Uh,
1: I don't think they were actually ranked. I think they were just kind of going through them. Um, We didn't even rank them. No, they weren't even really ranked. It's like I never ranked
2: mine.
0: Yeah, but you don't listen to the instructions. You know. <laughs> like, it's, not, it's not like we didn't plan on, like you just don't listen to the instructions. That you I do so, what I exactly. want. Exactly. <laughs> it's not like, oh, I'll come up with a list, but it'll be done my way. Um.
2: <laughs> Mike, you go first. What would be your number one? Obviously the Elvis
0: chicken movie. No, it's not the Elvis <laughs> chicken movie. No, I was just wondering. Um, I, listen, I, I got to go with American Tale. Um, yeah. I think that that that's a spectacular movie. I think it holds up. Um, I think that you know you could even if you were like meh into it, you pair it with Five goes west and there you got yourself a great double feature because that one's much more, I think mainstream uh, when it comes to to a, in terms of a sequel. But I don't know, I gotta go with American Tale. Like I, I was thinking into the Spider Verse because that was very like excellent. But mm-hmm. I still think American Tale just, like, stands the test of time. And I think that kind of old-school old, stuff, old school animation, like, mm-hmm. really works for that film specifically. Like, it makes it feel, I feel like, very real. Um, it can be heartfelt. It can be scary. It can make you laugh. Like, there's a lot of different things that happen in there. And I think that the way they use cats and dogs to kind of reflect on things happening that actually did happen in the world was kind of cool. So I'm going to go with American
2: Tale. I'm going to okay. say... Prince of Egypt. And I, that's not a cop out. I literally watched it probably like 2 months ago. Like that is one that is Prince an Egypt's animated really that is an animated movie that I return to and like the soundtrack is so good. It goes so hard. So I'm going to say Prince of Egypt. That would be my favorite animated movie of all time.
1: Yeah, that's a really good choice. I loved that film when I was when I was younger and then I revisited it when I was in undergrad, actually thinking to myself like, OK, this is probably isn't probably that good. And I'm like, wow, the no, soundtrack of this is so good. <laughs> <laughs> like, why is no one talking about this movie? I was like up there with other like great Disney classics. It's so mm-hmm. good. Um, I could like say what my is it what my favorite animated film is, but I think it'll actually come up later in the later in the episode. Oh, okay. (laughs) Oh boy. (laughs) We'll see which one it is. (laughs) Um, Okay. Next,
0: next question is going to come from Christian. Now, just a quick question for you, Tyler, before we get into that. How how much into spoilers are we going into? Like these are older movies, so are we can
1: just these are older movies. It's like um, I'm getting the feeling from like from your like attempts to ward people away that I'm not probably going to be like <laughs> pulling any more people into the fold of like Tyler like movies. It's like here, so I think we can do full spoilers for these. Okay,
0: because Christian's question does have a bit of a spoiler in it, so I mm-hmm. want to just make sure. Okay, so Christian wants to know um, one of the aspects of uh, Waltz with Bashir that mm-hmm. I found very jarring was the ending. -hmm. I'm assuming because these movies are old that you're going to get into some details about the endings. If spoilers are allowed, I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. The end for me was just shocking. Mm -hmm. Uh, A quick jump to real footage was something that I just didn't think really worked. I wasn't expecting it, so maybe that was the impact that they were planning on having, I guess, but it just didn't sit well with me. Was there any thoughts from any of you on that? Mm -hmm. So, the ending of the second movie, the one that I watched, so, you know, just to clarify of how this all worked, Taylor and I watched one movie the same, and then we each had a second movie that, that we watched individually, like on our own in terms
2: custom of picked.
0: We, yeah, we mm-hmm. custom picked by Tyler, we could, we could choose between two movies. And because I don't know about you, Taylor, I didn't know anything about mine. So I just like picked the one that had a Star Trek character's name in it. So I was like, Oh, I'll go with that one. Um, so yeah, I'm. I watched that one. That was uh, waltz with Bashir was the one that I watched. And yeah, I mean, I have some thoughts in my review about the ending, but Tyler, I mean, this movie obviously sat with you longer. Mm -hmm. Um, What about, so Christian's bringing up some kind of too jarring kind of concern with the ending. What did you think of it?
1: Yeah. The ending is definitely jarring because effectively the entire movie is animated and it's moving closer and closer towards this actual historical event of a massacre that took place in Lebanon. Um, and uh, you know that it happens because the characters keep referring to it and you kind of know that that's where the end result is going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, but then when you get to the end of the film, there is a hard cut it's like from it's like animation to the brutal reality of what actually happened um, with actual like news footage that was filmed at the time. Yeah. And yeah. For, for me personally, it's like uh, that was the actual transition that made this movie stick with me for so long because there's another portion of the film where someone's talking about how a soldier was constantly viewing war through his camera and how the camera was kind of his barrier. His lens is like the way to kind of separate himself from the atrocities he was seeing. Um, and then I, for me, I feel like the animation in a way is actually kind of that it's a way to muffle and like, and kind of separate us from the truth of what's happening. And it's the same with the director. This film follows the director as he's trying to recapture his memories. And so as he's getting closer and closer to the reality of the event, when we suddenly get to it, we have that shift. And it's no longer hidden behind animation or fancy or fancy like, uh, technicals of any sort of way. It's just no music anymore. It's literally just the brutal reality of what was seen. And so I think for me, that transition is actually vital to what the movie's showing. At the same time, though, it is a very like, sharp change and to very, very intense imagery that if you're not really prepared for it, I think actually might sour you on the film.
0: Yeah, and I I think I, I understand where where you're coming from Christian because I like your description of it Tyler was was perfect with one exception. Mm-hmm. I don't think this film was just animated. This film was hyper animated. Like <laughs> yes. meaning in terms of its imagery, it is very sim- like symbolic in its imagery. It's a very like imagery heavy movie. Mm-hmm. There are just huge like I, I wouldn't even call it montages but like sequences of stuff happening that are mainly imagery focused yep. so to go from that back to reality i think is also hardship mm-hmm. like i think it's different than like oh it's suddenly not a cartoon anymore i actually think that because of the way the style of the movie was and because of everything that was put into it and the way they decided to shoot certain things and draw certain things and make it all work i think that probably made it a stronger impact because you're going from this hugely, like, visual movie that's, like, kind of, like, almost trippy at times. Like, a little strange. It kind of makes your mind kind of need a moment. At least it did for me. To suddenly, okay, here's the real world. And I do think it was a little, it was a little much. Especially if you are going for escapism. Like, if you're here to, like, watch an interesting movie, regardless of how much it connects to reality. I think that, if again, if you're not expecting it, which I certainly wasn't. Yep. It is a bit of a, well, I
1: yeah. I I, see, I accept that, and I would I would say that um, like over overarching for Walsh with Bashir, if you're in the mood for escapism, you should avoid this film entirely because that's really. <laughs> I is, agree. <laughs> this, this, yeah, this, not this, for as, you. As as, uh, as stylized as it is, as kind of like intensely of its own thing, this thing is. I feel it's really done that way because this is one person subjectively trying to uncover like hidden traumas within himself. And so then the fi- idea that at the end you have all these really stylized images replaced with just the bare bones reality of it. I think, yeah, that it, it works really well for me. It's like, but if you're not on board for that sort of like harsh look and is like into uh, into the truth of it all, then, yeah, it's uh, it's it's going to like maybe jettison you out of a movie that you were kind of, OK, this is all right. And then at the end, you're yeah. like, nope, 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 yeah. nope. And like wander your way out of the room yeah. screaming. So like, yeah, I can get it.
0: Yep, I definitely can, can see where Christian's coming from here for sure. <laughs> yep. um, okay, last fan question. I've been looking forward to this. Um, so, this is from Sarah uh, and Sailor. Sarah says, I feel like Tyler is similar to David from Friends. David was a scientist on Friends that dated Phoebe, but left for, I think, Russia and ended up not being able to accomplish anything sciencey that he left to do. Every time he would come back on the show, he would give sort of an update, and there was new problems or issues with the science he was creating. Till in the end, he finally returned to the show and said, we couldn't do it. And that was his sort of last scientific line. So here's to you, Tyler. Keep sciencing your science. from Sarah. Um, I believe so, it's
2: Russia better yeah. Isabel, yeah i don't think
0: <laughs> he went to russia like i thought he He's i thought it was Mint. somewhere more specific Mintz. Mintz. yeah Mintz? yeah because <laughs> yeah. like, okay. i had to do research because i know friends and i've been re-watching it a little bit here and there and yeah. like i always go to friends every once in a while and like it's kind of a good brainless thing to throw on but i i couldn't quite remember that particular character like i knew there was someone but i just couldn't remem- remember what exactly they did so i did some research yeah and he <laughs> he was trying to do something with subatomic particles some
1: fusion or something yeah, and, yeah. like, and then he proved definitively that it can't work yeah that's just like that's what you get when you base your entire thesis project off of typo yes.
0: <laughs> it was, but it's funny i think that comparison that you keep coming on the show and giving us updates <laughs> and rescuing you from the from the ttc Keep
2: sciencing you just, your
0: science. Keep sciencing your science. That's what Sarah says to you. So
1: I, I appreciate that. Um it's like David is actually one of my favorite recurring characters in Friends, perhaps because I share a strong kinship with him and the man who went off and like he's like, he knows like he says, maybe if I hadn't gone to Minx, I wouldn't have ruined my career. Yeah. I lost that toe to Frostbite. <laughs> it was a good trip. <laughs>
0: Um yeah, so that was that's good. So that, that's our fan questions for this week. So thank you to everyone for, for writing in. Uh we always appreciate that. Just just remember screeninginkingston.com or email us screeningandkingston at gmail.com. Get your fan questions in each week. They won't always be animation episodes. So feel free to write in with, with what else we got coming up. Uh it'll be cool. So there you go, Tyler. The the rest of the episode is back to you as our fan questions happen.
1: <laughs> don't worry. It, they won't all be this way. Someday it's going to go back to normal. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. Don't worry.
0: <laughs> well, it, Though we may need to get some Star Trek talking at some point.
1: That's true. That's uh, true. Whenever
0: you're less busy, because uh, there's always lots of Star Trek stuff going on and, you know, my, my anger increases, so.
2: And I like to have a break, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah whenever, time
0: to, whenever Taylor needs a, a day off or a week off, we, we can bring you back for some Star Trek talking.
1: Perfect, perfect. Well, as I as I said, there were three categories of animated movies that weren't really covered in the last animation 1.0. Um, and the one that we're going to go into first is this idea of, like, family-friendly animation, but that's made by studios outside of the U.S. Hmm. And so with the other movies, as you would, as I mentioned, I gave you guys choices in terms of which ones you'd want to watch. Because when I was explaining to my wife which movies I was going to make you guys watch, her response was, oh, no, don't do that to them. <laughs> I, was, I want you to know that my wife is very much on your guys' side about all of this. So when I'm talking to her about, like, oh, I'm going to do, like, do, like, Waltz with Bashir. She's like, no. I'm like, well, then Tower? She's like, no. <laughs> okay. well,
0: so she she doesn't share your film interest.
1: Though, in no. Of- no, she is like, uh, my wife is very much like a um, her movies kind of person. She has oh, her group of movies. She sure. loves them. She rewatches them all the time. It takes a lot of kind of activation energy to get a new movie into that kind of circle of trust and um i have done my batting average for getting into that circle of trust with films that i've recommended is very poor i must say (laughs) (laughs) yeah Um, you know you only
0: have to be 30 percent on your batting average to get to the hall of fame so
1: maybe someday i'll get there (laughs) but (laughs) but it's it's not it is not this day a little Um, bit of baseball that's a
0: baseball humor everybody who don't know that's a base i was taking baseball humor
1: Oh, well, I shouldn't, I shouldn't. It's have, true. Like, you only have
0: to have like a basically around a 30% batting average in your Hall of Famer. So that's pretty good. I that's how it. hard it is to hit the ball, I guess.
1: I shouldn't have trundled into metaphors that I do not know who's like when, who's like when I came to. <laughs> well, no, it's <laughs> a, no, it's, it's weird. No,
0: like it's, it's strange. It's actually, it's an odd thing of all the sports. It's very
1: odd. Yeah. Yeah. I digress. This is a well, movie show. Well, well, it's like speaking of odd things. Um, the movie that I like did not give you guys a choice on. The one that I was a hundred percent like, we need you need to watch this movie was a movie called Boy in the World. It's a Brazilian film that came out in 2014, was nominated for an Oscar at the time. And uh, the kind of like brief little thing for people who aren't familiar of what this film's about. It's basically about a young boy's fanciful life in rural Brazil and how that's tarnished when his father must leave to go find work in the city. Um, but then he decides, you know what, he's going to go reunite his family. So he sets out to find his father, but instead finds this really complex world filled with cruelty, commerce, and despite all that, a little bit of hope at the end, which is kind of nice. Um, so the question was asked a little bit earlier about what my favorite animated film of all time is, and this is actually no. it. Yeah, no. I apologize to two both. No! <laughs> That's Yes. Yep. This, <laughs> like, this is this is this is my favorite animated film of all time. It actually might be one of my favorite just favorite films period of all time. Oh,
0: why? Why do yep. you make us seem like we're the two cruelest? Yeah, people yeah. you're making us yeah. the villains. I, I, I hate <laughs> dissecting people's favorite movies. Like, I don't mind doing it, but like, I mean, I think Taylor, I think you brought it up with the 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 movie from A Hat Club because that that's a very interesting like. Dynamics. experiment yeah because i think taylor i think you're right we were getting people's favorite movies yep. and it when 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 taylor said that to they me they were all there was bad moment, yeah, <laughs> yeah there was a moment where i was like we've spent two months just bashing these movies and i kind of felt bad like my robot heart was like but it's their Ooh. favorite movies like like you did, like i thought it, oh everyone's just throwing in things to like you know give us a hard time Mm-hmm. but it's probably people's favorite movies. And I don't like that. And now like all my notes that we have to talk about this, your favorite movie. <laughs> <laughs> this is
1: not no, it's like, I, I want to be very clear here. I am open to complete criticisms. You're It's like you, um, it will be impossible for you to change my mind on this film. I've seen it at this point five times. It's like, so yeah. I'm very familiar with it. I'm very certain of the things that I like about it and the f- places where I find it lacking. Um, I am excited to hear what you is like what you two have to say about it, it's like because I I went into this prepped that this was going to be the um the thing, and I do this intentionally because oftentimes I am physically incapable of understanding how someone doesn't like this movie, even though there's a million and a half reasons probably about why not to. So I'm going to open the floor. Uh, maybe we'll like, we'll start with Mike first. Um, hit me with your best shot. <laughs> like
0: it was fine, I <laughs> yeah. guess it was just. <sighs> Okay. So I kind of liked the things I liked about it mm-hmm. was I did like, I did like the style of animation. Like I liked how simple the kind of character drawings were, but then as he kind of, as the boy progresses to the world, things get more like complex and interesting and different and different color schemes come in and sometimes different stylistics of of like, I don't know, something seemed very pastel-y and then something would go back to kind of more simplistic. And like, I kind of liked that. Like, I liked that part. Hey, mm-hmm. the world is more complex than when you grew up as a kid. So things go from simple to complex as they mm-hmm. go along. Okay. Totally. I was I was on board for that. I, I liked that aspect of it. Um, I guess I just, I kept waiting. This is what happens in Tyler Vance movies. <laughs> I keep waiting, thinking, well, it's going somewhere and something's going to happen. And it's going to be like, oh, what a shocking moment or something. And then, it, the, like, I don't agree with you about the hopeful ending. I, I felt kind of depressed at the end of this.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yep. I was like, what, what, what? You're burying the rock? Or what kind of? Scene? What kind wait, of child movie is this? <laughs> yeah. I didn't so hold on, hold on, wait. Is this a kids movie? Like yeah. is this for children? Yeah.
1: yeah. Is it, it can be is like it, it can be read in multiple ways. I think it is kind of like a family friendly film in the way that it can be is like enjoyed by by anybody. It doesn't necessarily show, need to be for just
2: kids. I would not I show didn't. this to kids.
1: I, I would not show this to a child.
0: <laughs> like, this movie made me feel so depressed. And, like, the, so things that normally bother me in a movie weren't bothering me as much in this one. Like, I didn't really, it didn't bother me that there wasn't really a lot of dialogue. I was kind of okay with that. I kind of thought it was cool, like, l- the little subtlety of... You know, signs had words written, like, out of order. Like, it wasn't, mm-hmm. it wasn't, like, I thought that was kind of cool. Because when you're a kid, you don't, I think, always know what, like, a sign means. But you kind of got the outline, the shape, the color. Like, I like things like that. I just felt like all I was doing was searching in this movie for little subtleties to, to say I liked. Mm-hmm. Because I was bored. Mm-hmm. Like, I just what to me, it just wasn't moving at a pace that I like. Even though I think the movie was only less than an hour
1: and a half, like it wasn't that long. Of a movie. Yeah, it's a pretty short film actually. I just felt like
0: it was one of those movies where the the music bothered me. It was a little annoying. The chanting. The, oh yeah, the chanting was annoying. The kids, the, the the little band playing there. The guy playing the flute all the time was like really annoying. And the the beginning and end, like like what are those spiral. Uh, toys where you like put a pen and it spirals around. Yeah, Kaleidos- 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 Yeah, all that stuff was bothering me. I was just like, my brain, I just I don't understand. Like just get, get along with the story. Um so a lot of that didn't work for me. Like I, mm-hmm. I, I feel like I liked overall the the overall like look and aesthetic of the film, but these little things keep kept happening that annoyed me. Mm-hmm.
1: So it, it kind of just, threw-
2: just holding it together. Mm-hmm.
0: Not well, no good. Yeah.
1: <laughs> a, as I said, like this, none of this is unexpected to me. I'm kind of like, okay, glacial pacing. Yeah, that that tracks. It was like um, it's like a very scant in terms of plot. Mm-hmm, yeah, makes sense. Makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, and I and I kind of I, I kind of I will say again where
0: I, I, I'm kind of middle ground on the movie in some ways is because I didn't mind the journey of the little boy going into the world, meeting different people seeing the realities of, like, the the world goes from simple and wonderful to, like, sometimes cruel, a little more mm-hmm. complex, but still, like, bits of hope into mm-hmm. it. But I just don't think, I disagree <laughs> that kids need to know that at the age of that child, mm-hmm. which was, like, what, four? How old was that drawing? Like, Bare, four years young. old? Yeah. Like, are you kidding me? Like a kid can be a kid till till like preteen. I think like, I Maybe not in Brazil, can... though. Sure, not in Brazil. But <laughs> yeah, I, I it... understand you can scare them. Like I'm all for scaring kids, and movies can be scary and that sort of thing. But you don't have to have them grow up really fast. And I get it's Brazil. I understand <laughs> that. Believe me, within the the only dialogue I heard, I didn't understand. So I'm like, I know this isn't English. This isn't it's the simple Brazilian English that I am.
2: Portuguese backwards
1: it is, is it? Yeah. oh it's backwards oh yeah so it's... no oh, one's no. intended to understand what's being said because it's supposed to be oh. from the child's perspective so not oh. even people in brazil Dang. can really understand it 100 percent. gotcha okay well that, that makes me feel a little
0: better but anyway those are my kind of general
1: thoughts yeah, yeah. taylor how about you
2: so Tyler, <laughs> this was the first movie in the history of screening in kingston that I considered turning it off probably 10 minutes in. I said, I've even, seen enough.
1: Even <laughs> Enemy didn't get that, just like that bad of a, of a review. <laughs>
0: yeah, I, I thought... Because Enemy, we kept thinking something was going to happen. <laughs> and there's
2: dialogue, and there's Jake Gyllenhaal at least.
0: And, like, hello. <laughs> and what we got at the end was a giant
1: spider.
2: But, um, yeah, that, was a,
1: that was a weird movie, too.
2: <laughs> like To be fair, as we know, like we've set the tone. Taylor is not an animation person, per se. It's not my mm-hmm. first genre I would go to. <laughs> I did not like the animation. It felt like, like a TVO, like, Caillou situation. And the fact mm-hmm. that the little boy didn't talk, but would make, like, those little kind of grunty noises that, like, toddlers make... I'm like, "Oh, okay, so this is what we're in for." So <laughs> I really thought like this would make like a good like short film. 10 to 15 minutes. You know what I mean? But after yep. I watched 10 minutes, I'm like, "Okay, this is what it's going to be. You know, there's not going to be dialogue. It's going to be this animation that looks like it should be on TVO like after school. Um it's not for me. It was not a movie <laughs> for my tastes." <laughs> I um sometimes the music sounded nice sometimes it was grating um yeah i don't know i didn't think it i thought even an hour and 20 minutes was too long so
0: i just i uh, i didn't like the music in this at all like i found i found and the music's
2: like a core piece of the plot yeah
0: like i found that was probably the worst because i agree taylor with a lot of things you're saying like i didn't like the pace. And I found that the animation just didn't bother me as much. Like, I kind of liked their use of it and I kind of got used to it. But the music, I just couldn't get past. Like, it was a little grating. Like, that's a good way to describe it.
1: What what it was about it was grating. That's interesting to me because that's like, of all the things that's been said so far, that's the only one that I can't really, like, kind of fathom. Because for me, the music, I think, is actually quite good. And especially, it has, like, a kind of a reoccurring... Light motif that is like like a kind of like recurring pattern that is like that is through the entirety of it that his it's on his dad's flute when he's first playing it, but his dad is not very good at playing so it's very stuttered and not like not great. And then it's, but it's that same leitmotif that shows up when the huge crowd is singing. Is like it kind of like it go, shows Tyler up in different places. You just
2: explained it when the dad plays it on the flute; it doesn't sound good, and then it keeps playing throughout the whole movie.
1: <laughs> well, it's like at the very beginning, it's not good, but then it shows up in all these other situations. And his like his dad's only playing music for like such a, a very small portion of the beginning. Although if the first 10 minutes felt like it went on for an attorney to be for you. Then maybe that does explain why it seems like the entirety <laughs> of the movie was just a bad flute player. It was yeah, like
2: really repetitive.
0: Yeah, yeah. And I felt it was so a lot. The best way for me to describe how I felt about the music was a lot of the movies that we had to watch in like the, the, the film classes I took at Queens yep. always seemed to have music in it or noises or sounds that went on too long that hurt that was loud that was obnoxious that was just i guess supposed to make you feel uncomfortable mm. and the point i always made and got shot down every single time was if you're making your audience uncomfortable for that reason you're just your content isn't strong enough to do it on its own like you're just trying to to, to hit us with things Now i'm not saying this movie's doing that I'm just saying that it was, it was the first time in a long time that I've watched something where I felt that same level of like, can you just stop it with the music, with the flute, with the, with the sounds, especially like, uh, there is, again, I can only, I'm trying to remember the exact sequences, but the beginning and end for sure, while those like periscopy things were happening, the music is loud and obnoxious and it's like, it's painful to 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 just sit there, to have like,
2: I thought I was going to get a headache. Like yeah it's like it's overload
0: it's your <laughs> eyes are getting like hit and your ears are getting hit and i'm just like i want to turn this off like is the is it the title sequence oh it's the title sequence turning it off like as like soon as we're at the end of the, i'm like oh is this the end of the movie good like i don't have to continue to to watch this like that's to me what was it did happen multiple times where i just think it hurt the senses
1: yeah, well, I, I do think that we're in danger of having another her smell argument. It's like with the idea of kind of like soundscape being used to intentionally make someone feel uncomfortable. Um, okay, I'm going to. It's like it's like try and state. I think I'm going. like I'm going to. like state my case for why I like why this movie is one of my favorites, and then we'll we'll move on. It's like sure. um. It's like but it's like I I do is like uh, respect and appreciate the like opinions that have been shown like that have been thrown my way. I understand most of them. It's like but none of that was really my experience. When I first watched <laughs> this movie, I was like um, I was in Toronto back in like uh, 2015 or so. It's like I was actually visiting Toronto and I was very sick. I had come here and visited and then like got sick at, a, at like a friend's place which is not a great thing just like some flu or something like that. Mm. Back in the day before that was you know like an indication that you're part of a terrible global statistic. <laughs> um, and so but I still had tickets to go see this movie at the TIFF Lightbox. Um, and I had like, I was waiting like another like five hours before my Megabus was leaving. So I'm like, okay, I'm just going to go and I'm going to like sleep through this movie. And then I was like, I'll be able to like get on the Megabus and deal with it. And I stayed awake through the entirety of the movie and was very engaged throughout these, like throughout the whole, the whole experience. Because really like this kind of pacing, this kind of like slower world building, the idea of like a, a definitive style that is like followed through is like from beginning to end. And kind of a narrative that is more about the like small, subtle moments that eventually build up into something more interesting. Because, for instance, the people that um, if we are doing spoilers for this movie, the people that he meets throughout the course of this film are not actually people. They're him at different portions of his life, um, which I'm not sure if you guys got that from the way you haven't mentioned it, at least and so, yet, so far. But no. like the yeah, I, so the it old, I didn't, I
0: didn't Tyler,
2: get that at all. I read it on so, Wikipedia. So that's how I knew. It.
1: So so the, the old man Wait, with the what? with the, the old man with the can on his head and the young man with the orange um with the orange shirt as, yeah as well as the uh, and the beanie yeah the rainbow beanie as well as the um person playing the flute at the center of the parade with the kind of like larger like a uh, like bird's head on. Those are all the boy at different stages of his life, and what? I'm we're sorry. Seeing... When
0: did they reveal that?
1: So they reveal it at the very, at the very end. end, at the very end, when it showed that the when it shows the boy going off to is like uh like leaving the home, as like yeah. leaving his mom, and he goes, and she's given him this new orange coat that's the sure. one that we see as like, and then also the um the rainbow beanie which he puts on his head and reveals that he's the guy who's like living alone in the city, working is like as part of like a textile mill. And then that guy later on is like, ends up growing up and becoming the old man who then goes back to the house at the very end and is seen looking around and reminiscing about it. So what we're seeing throughout this movie isn't actually a young boy going and exploring. It's actually these people kind of having their childhood or like a first portion of their childhood come back to life during certain portions of their, like of their youth and kind of like a, the difference in perspectives between how they would have seen it when they were younger and how they see it now. No, um, I didn't get any of that. So that is kind of like <laughs> like that kind of like big, like moment of a reveal that you're talking about the thing you were waiting for throughout the whole movie. Like that was mm-hmm. for me, the sudden like rush of realization of like, ah. I have to watch this entire movie again because it was, com- it was like, and so when you watch it again, you can see like what the boy is interacting with all the times. So, like even mm-hmm. when he's interacting with other people, he's like, Oh, ecstatically pant like planting like, or watering the flowers in the old man's place, or he's playing with the dog or something like that. These are the small portions of like, glimmers of hope that these people still hold in their lives and their younger self their inner child is interacting with them and so there's like a lot of really cool things that are happening in this film because of those type of things um and i think because the movie is like so quiet and so kind of like slowly paced it allows those type of things to breathe and it's like in a way that you don't get for more uh plot based films um so yeah so that would be my my plea for people to is that if they if they're interested I think there is a lot to this movie is like both stylistically and, um, and in terms of the substance that it has to showcase, but at the same time, yeah, it is like, it is definitely, it is on its much like myself. It is on its own journey and most people are not along for the ride.
0: <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> like I was
2: surprised that's... when you were, you were saying like you were waiting for the Tyler moment of the movie. And I was like, Oh, well like the reveal that the little boy is the old man. That's, that's what makes this a Tyler movie. No, I just thought it was a coat <laughs> and a hat.
0: Like I wasn't dissecting the coat and hat. Like there's a lot of orange coats. Like I just wasn't like hmm. worrying about if, that. I just sh- thought, Mike,
2: if I hadn't read it in the synopsis dies. of Wikipedia, I probably would have missed it.
0: <laughs> okay, well that changes. I mean, it doesn't really change anything because that was poorly communicated to me,
1: and I was like
0: trying to pay attention to this movie. So it's, not, <laughs> it's not like I was not paying attention, but I definitely didn't get that. So.
1: Yeah. Well, it's like, I, um, I think we should move on to, it's like the, the next film, um, and was like, uh, we'll just keep the pain train rolling and we'll go on right over to, um, Perfect Blue from 1997. Um, so this was one of the two anime films that I, like offered up, um, Taylor as like a chance to, to watch the, um, and the reason why I chose these two films is because they're both by the same director, um, named Satoshi Kon, who is kind of like, he is, in anime terms, like, kind of known as, like, the David Lynch of that kind of All era. Right. Like, he's very much more of a kind of, like, psychological thriller, bending reality, unreal. like, we're keeping the audience on the wrong foot throughout the entirety so that you, by the end, you have to try and reconstruct your thoughts in order to be able to really put together what the movie was about. Um, and so perfect blue is actually his, one of his, I think it's his first feature film and it focuses on a Japanese pop idol as she attempts to transition into being like a professional actress. Um, but under most, both, both the kind of mounting pressure of her fans obsessive expectations and the newly acquired PTSD from exploitative practices and showbiz. And this young woman's sense of self and reality actually begin to like fracture in some very violent and scary ways. Um, I is like first have to is like issue an apology because it's been a long time since I have seen this movie and I had forgotten how much explicit content there is yeah. in is like in Perfect Blue. <laughs> it is an incredibly explicit film, and I was like, I was, I was like, there's posts. I'm like, oh yes, okay. I remember this scene, and I uh, there's one major scene in it that I'm like, okay, this scene scarred me, so I do remember this. And then like, oh no, there's other ones. Oh god, it's still going. <laughs> it gets
0: and so. Worse.
1: It gets worse. It gets so much worse. So I do have to offer an apology for that. I had forgotten about those, those aspects of it, the but the portions that I actually, yeah, the porn portions, <laughs> but it's like, but the, is like, but the portions that I actually was really interested in the idea of this kind of like these seamless transitions between reality TV, like dream hallucination, and kind of like trying to figure out which ones was which I still really liked those portions of it. And, um, so I'm, I'm trying to, it's like, it's like, I'm, I'm wondering, did, any of that managed to make up for all the other things that I know that you won't enjoy.
2: <laughs> so I actually really enjoyed this movie. I would, I, I don't know a lot about Japanese anime, but I grew up in a time where I don't know my, like my mom thought like Sailor Moon was porn. Like, so, so I At like that. At thought, times it is. I, I thought like, it was my understanding that like pornography wasn't allowed in Japan. And so, like, that's why they made anime. But maybe that's, like, a yeah. culturally insensitive thing to say. But that was kind of my, like, frame of reference. So, like, when they were, like, showing, like, very explicit things on scene, I said to Dana, I thought, I thought this wasn't legal in Japan. It's <laughs> like, whoa! It was. Yep. It was pretty explicit. <laughs> so, there, yeah. So, that's just, like, a, a warning to our fans. If you do go watch this, like, there are two specific scenes that yeah. are, like, yeah, like you couldn't. I would say like it would live action movies maybe wouldn't have done that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I think like modern like now like you would see it increasingly, but like it would be pushing the envelope if that was like a live action scene, right? Um, I I enjoyed it. I again as like a not a hu- huge an- um. Animated fan, I thought, wow, this would have been cool if they remade it as a live-action movie. Mm -hmm. Like, I would have really enjoyed it as live-action. I love a movie that's under an hour and a half. (laughs) This movie's under an hour and (laughs) a half; it's tight. You know, it did keep me guessing. Like, the they kind of have a what? What do you call that? Like red herring. You think, like, you think it's one person who's doing these things, doing the things in the movie, and then there's a big twist at the Mm -hmm. end. Um, that was really well done so honestly like Tyler I didn't ha- I really enjoyed the movie like <laughs> and oh that's was, a nice breath of fresh when air when <laughs> I was given the two synopses
1: mm-hmm. I
2: chose the one where I thought like oh that sounds like a Taylor story like the plot mm-hmm. is very much like true crime psychological thriller like there's murder. Who's doing the murders? Like who's gone crazy? Who's sane? So, anyways, I aside from the very explicit scenes, I was not expecting because I thought you weren't allowed doing that <laughs> in these types of movies. That's my own ignorance. I was like, whoa, <laughs> gosh. Yeah. But um, aside from that, like to me, this is a see it. Like as like bo- even though boy in the world, like to me that was to skip it. Perfect mm-hmm. blue is a, a see it for me. So okay, this, good job, this Tyler. The,
1: thank you. This was the one that I thought I had the best chance of getting right. Um, simply for what you had mentioned about the true crime elements, about the kind of more like Lynchian strange, like a uh, reality aspect. Um, I gave you the like perfect blue. And the other movie was millennium actress, which is yes. kind of, it's a, it's a very similar movie in, in a lot of ways, except it's missing a lot of the like, like uh, death and explicit scenes and all that sort of stuff. And so I kind of gave you both with an, and it's like, cause I wasn't, I remember you had said a couple of weeks back that like, you know, your appetite for really depressing things in films has started to like, had kind of died down a little yes. bit is like for the last whole bit. So I gave you millennium actress as the, well, maybe if she's decided Light she out. wants to go a little bit, a little bit more uh, lighthearted then maybe we'll go that route <laughs> instead. Um, but perfect blue as like, I, when I first saw it as like the reason why, I, I think there are two reasons for me, why I feel like this movie had to have been animated. And one of them is, as you said, because I don't think they could have done some of the explicit scenes live action and managed to keep something resembling an R rating. Um, there's like, it's like uh, as the other one being that there are so many of these like really interesting like scene transitions where a character is talking and then suddenly you shift the camera and it's revealed that she's like oh she's actually on the set of the TV series yeah. but she like but she's confused because she didn't know that she was here so it, it's as she's like losing grip on reality and then you'll get another shift and it's like and like all within the same kind of shot and you couldn't really do that especially not That's in true. like 1997. You couldn't pull that stuff off without animation. So I was like, for this, I was very, very um, happy to see that it it kind of like from as I was watching it, I'm like those things that I loved about it. So like uh, back in the day, they're still there. And um, if you liked this film, he does have, I think, three others called um, Millennium Actress, Paprika and um, Tokyo Godfathers and unfortunately he did pass away sometime in the late 2000s from pancreatic cancer. Oh. So those are going to be the only only Satoshi Kon films that we get, which is unfortunate because no one really made movies like him. Yeah. Um yeah, but they're they're out there if anyone's interested.
2: <laughs> All right, less explicit.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's like they are definitely less explicit he i think he actually matured a lot as a filmmaker and didn't have to rely so much on shock that value. sort of stuff yeah. yeah so his other movies keep the like really cool craft but kind of move away from the need to shock is like the um, sex. and yeah the, all the sex <laughs> yeah all right well then maybe we'll move on to the final film which we've already kind of talked about a little bit which is *Walt* this year and this is is it came out in 2008 it's like it is um a one of the very few animated documentaries out there and so because of that i was originally going to give it to taylor because it's like i remember a very long time ago taylor had mentioned how she hates animated is like things in documentaries i think I it was did. when you were watching the um the mr rogers documentary with the is like, which had like weird little animated bits in it um but um, this is one of the few documentaries out there that's entirely animated. And it actually kind of follows the dramatized journey of its director, Ari Fullman, as he tries to recall repressed memories during his time as an Israeli soldier in the first Lebanon war. Um, so I can already kind of get a feel for how, like, how Mike's feeling about Waltz with Bashir. But maybe it's going to be a little bit more positive than Boy in the World, which is interesting. Um, so, it like, so go ahead. What were your thoughts?
2: Uh, yeah, I
0: actually surprisingly was, was pr- pretty... Satisfied with the movie overall. Nice. Um, I was not like I. I wouldn't you know give it a see it, but I, I <laughs> wouldn't necessarily give it a, a failing grade. Like I would still be like stream it or something like that. Like it <laughs> wasn't. It wasn't. Yeah, th- I didn't have the same issues that I did um, with the boy in the world. Like yeah. I th- to me, Walls with Bashir. I actually like the documentary stuff. Like I thought that was kind of neat something different that I hadn't really seen before. I like the originality of this. Mm-hmm. Um, I also, I i can appreciate, in a in a, you know, understanding that these are real things, so this isn't for my entertainment, but I find it entertaining when characters are trying to dissect memory and dissect thought and go through feelings and emotions like that. And I found it interesting to go through this, like, how much am I remembering is real? How much of it happened? What did happen? Describing it, and I thought the animation was used very well to mm-hmm. be like animating this opened the doors, and you could do I think a lot of different things that you probably couldn't have done with something that was live action. And I think that's to me that's proven by the end and how jarring that was. Like I don't mm-hmm. think this movie could you could sit through it as much as as you could. Like I think it would have been harder to sit. Through if it was a a non-animated movie. So overall, like I liked it for the most part. Um, There were some things, like some of the imagery and stuff, I just think like, okay, this is what I'll say. When this movie is not up its own, butt, it's a good (laughs) movie, then every once in a while, it does something and I'm like, oh my God, just, I get it. It's just like you're sitting, again, you're sitting in class And you're dissecting something and someone brings up a really good point and you're like, that's a really good point. I didn't think about it that way. And then, then like Callum raises his hand and is like, well, I think that this is actually a dissection of this thing," and talks for 30 minutes. And you're just like, (laughs) shut up. Like, I don't want to hear whatever garbage you're spewing here. Can we get back to that really interesting point and talk about this as a group? That's what I kind of felt like this movie did every once in a while. Every once in a while... I just don't care about these long sequences of imagery and exploding things. And where I'm like, I don't know what's going on and there's just music and I don't understand what's happening. Can you get back to like telling the story? So there were a few of those moments in contrast though, I actually thought the soundtrack really worked for this movie. Mm-hmm. Like I thought the yeah. music was used very, very well. I love that there was different styles. Like again, as horrible as it is, like the sequence when the soldiers are going through the forest and it's more classical music and they yeah. run into the kid who's got like the big, like um, RPG weapon. Yeah, RPG, yeah. yeah. And that like that sequence with the classical music, like I thought that like worked really well. Like there okay. are moments where this is like a beautiful painting. that also happens to be a movie. Yeah. Like that, that's what I kind of liked about it in that way. So when it was just being itself and telling its story, I enjoyed it. And then every once in a while, like when it got a little bit up in the clouds, I was like, can we just move on from this? Uh,
1: so I'm, I'm, noticing a new pattern here that it seems like whatever movie classes you took back at, is a like back in the day really did a number on you. In terms, of, so. <laughs> It's <laughs> just
0: sometimes people, sometimes people put so like, I get it and I get these are art forms, but they're art in, in the entertainment. Like mm-hmm. if you want someone to buy your thing or appreciate your thing and engage with your thing, you have to understand that there's one, there's going to be obviously differencing opinions and that's mm-hmm. the point of it. But sometimes with filmmakers and sometimes with artists in all, in all fields, some people can just like uh, turn their noses up at people about things. And I'm just like, I, I'm, I'm your consumer. Like you, if you're not connecting with me, then th- that's, then you've failed at the one thing you're supposed to do, which is connect and tell and communicate and show. And if you create something and you don't want to communicate or tell or whatever, you might be in the wrong industry because (laughs) then you might as well just paint in a room by yourself and never come out. Like that's, if you're going to show to other people, you're going to get other input. And that gets into like a bigger discussion that we don't have time for. But sometimes this movie borderline to a point where I think you're just giving me like the high hand here and I don't know what's going on. But with that being said, a lot of the imagery in this movie did work for me. And that's why it, it was so weird that when things happened, I felt it was out of place. I thought the movie was doing an excellent job telling its story and moving well and show, and using like using this animation style and being very like interesting with the sometimes it's a little bit slower and sometimes it's faster. But then there will be sequences of there's no dialogue, there's gonna be music for five minutes. We're basically gonna watch a music video for five minutes. And this egg will boil and then explode, and the guy will be walking out into the sun, distance, and putting his hands up. And I'm going, "What are we doing? Like, what? What is the point
1: here?" So that is the that would be the montage on the beach. Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's like so the montage on the beach is an interesting one because it's effectively like um, it's trying to capture like what life was like for the Israeli soldiers on the beaches of Beirut because. It's such a weird concept to think about because, like, and I was listening to the commentary where the director was talking about this, that, like, when an American or a Canadian troop goes across the seas and then, like, you know, they end up somewhere and then they have to come back, it's, like, home. It's, like, this huge, long journey to get back home. But for the soldiers that were, like, Israeli soldiers that were going to Lebanon, it took literally 20 minutes to get back into, like, the, like into Haifa, like, where they were from. Right. Right. And so there's this weird disconnect where it, it takes like yeah twenty minutes and then suddenly you're on this beach carrying weapons, but everyone is like listening to rock music and like like doing drugs and like ha- just ha- like having like a, like a grand old time, despite the fact that in theory there's a war like right over that like that um that hill. I will agree with yeah. you that like I think the the part that Waltz with Bashir that works the least well for me are those middle bits because I feel like the yeah. ending is such like so cohesive and leading towards this like inevitable thing for me that felt really earned. Well, the beginning of it is like this beautiful setup of a mystery that I want to kind of discover. Mm-hmm. And the middle part, because it's a series of vignettes, some of them work better for me than others. And definitely the um, the Beirut beach sequence um, is one of the ones that kind of works less well for me than some of the other stuff.
0: Yeah, the beginning, the beginning did enough to keep me interested and to yeah. keep me hooked and to get me through it. Um, just so listeners know, if you're listening on CFRC, this is kind of the end of the episode. Um, we're going to go a little bit over because we want to do one of these uh, games so we're going to do it for the podcast the podcast will be a little longer so for CFRC people um, sorry that uh, that you you missed that hopefully you've joined us on the podcast for this um, because Tyler I do want to get to the one game that we at least prepped um, yep. so we, we can go five minutes over and just do this sequence in the podcast a little longer this week
1: yeah that sounds good to me um, so when I was gonna like planning this episode, I knew that something I had to do was reach out to producer Austin, as it, because he so graciously reached out to me last time, and I asked him if he had any ideas for some games, and he provided me with two, and so we're only going to have time for one, but the other one, is like, was like, I'm going to like I message Austin and ask him to um, write in to you, because I think it's also a lot of fun. Um, but the one that we're going to be doing here is called Animate This or That. So in this game, Mike and Taylor are filmmakers given the task of remaking a beloved live-action movie as an animated feature, while I... I'm an actual studio executive with enough funding for only one new flick. Imagine if I was a studio executive, the weird stuff that would get made. Um, (laughs) Therefore, Mike and Taylor must pitch their adaptation to me and they get to pick which live action movie they will adapt into animation, as well as what style of animation they will use. Whether it's classic 2D, the 3D of like Pixar and the like, anime, rotoscope, stop motion, you name it um so it's like they can also provide any specifics for the project that they think will win me over and then whichever idea is i think is better gets the funding so why don't we start with taylor what is your um pitch
2: i didn't realize that the adaptation had to be beloved so already i'm at a (laughs) disadvantage
1: i (laughs) I feel like you could make it beloved
0: (laughs) i mean taylor just go ahead and pitch the crow Tell
1: us no, why you're making no,
0: that I thought <laughs>
2: long and hard and I want to adapt Dracula into Ooh. stop motion animation. I think the you could really lean into the more like ethereal sort of um mis- mystical aspects of the Dracula legend and I would go so far as to say you don't have to do Dracula um, Dracula as we know it, you could even remake Nosferatu, which I think would be beautiful stop motion mm. an- animation or Vampire, which is a silent movie also, I believe um, I think Vampire came out in the 20s, so mm-hmm. um, just the kind of the Dracula legend, whether you want to go old school Nosferatu or do a little bit more mo- modern Bram Stoker, but I think the stop motion really will just capture the That that sort of the romance, but also you could really lean into like uh, 1920s uh, German Expressionism sets, and Mm -hmm. um, the voice of Dracula Nosferatu would be Ralph Fiennes.
1: Ooh, and uh,
2: so that is my pitch.
1: (laughs) I like it. Are you a fan of like Coraline and Paranorman, the like Leica like stop motion films?
2: So, believe it or not, I have not seen either of those, but I grew up reading, oh no, I have seen Paranorman, do like it, and Mm -hmm. I read Caroline growing up and the stop motion looked beautiful, I just, I kind of aged out once it came out on DVD, like I was kind of out of that age bracket to see it. Yeah. So um, it's a, it's a
1: great Halloween fil- film. Yeah. If you're ever in the mood for something like kind of like crew is like kind of creepy, but like not uh, is like, not like straight up horror. Like Coraline is like really good. And I think that same style could work really well for a project like this.
2: Yes, That's exactly what I was thinking.
0: Studio head.
1: <laughs> All right, Mike, what's your pitch?
0: Well, I, I made sure that my pitch uh, would both hit uh, the fire points of the studio head and the studio needs and Tyler Vance. Oh, so I I will need help on the style of animation because I'm not 100%. Ch- I tried to look it up, but I couldn't find exactly what the style of animation was, but I'll describe it and you'll yep. be able to tell me. Um, so I would like to make the, the movie Star Trek Generations into an animated film mm-hmm. um, using the same style of the original Star Trek The Animated
1: Series. Which I know
0: was the film, Film Nation was like the company, but I don't know that style. It's kind of this like pretty, for people who like don't know, like it's kind of more of an old school um, uh, animation, but there's a certain feel to it. Like there, there there's something a little different.
1: The way that that like that
2: the Spider Man, the original Spider Man,
1: yeah, they, like, yeah, similar, like they kind of like the Hanna Barbera, like cartoons, yeah. but like the like Scooby Doo, mm-hmm. but like a little bit more, kind of uh, less cartoony, more, um, yeah, yeah,
0: L- L- like a, with a realistic touch to it almost, yeah. like it's
1: yeah. cartoony with a little
0: realistic touch. So, I think for two reasons, this is good. One, I think that the studios out there, Studio Head. You clearly want to remake Star Trek so much. You you need the Star Trek IP because you keep throwing garbage at it trying to see it. So let's take a movie that was okay, but could be improved. You could make improvements to Star Trek Generations. That brings back William Shatner who can voice Captain Kirk at any age, regardless of how old he is. Mm -hmm. You can have Patrick Stewart like we know you want, but it's animated so everyone can be younger and we don't have to watch Patrick Stewart run up a flight of stairs and almost die. Like Mm -hmm. we don't have to see that. We can see them as animated. And you can bridge off to creating an animated series, which I think is what you should do with Star Trek Next Generations. You can make Star Trek Generations the animated movie, and with it being successful, you can start Star Trek The Next Generation, the animated series, bringing the whole cast back. We can scrap Star Trek Picard, and we can have the entire cast back on new adventures on the Enterprise. That's where things can go. And I think this movie works because there are things we can improve with Star Trek Generations. We can go back and make changes and see things that didn't really work that were a little bit rushed because that production was really rushed. But there's a lot of good within that, that going into the Nexus and this outer realm and reality, we could have Picard go through multiple realities and that that works really well for animation because you can have them be jumping from different things here and there. We know studios love multi-universes. We know they love that type of thing and animation would work really well for this movie. So Star Trek Generations as an animated movie in that same style and then you could make a series off of it you could go somewhere with it you could create this ip that can go somewhere that we know is going to sell as we know studio head you're so desperate for star trek you'll create any garbage you want so why not do something good
2: studio head i forgot to mention that i want del toro to direct my adaptation <laughs>
1: Oh, I really just—you're both just trying to go for the the soft spots. <laughs> I
0: I also forgot to mention that whoever directed her smell can have a job as like a second director or something. It's like we'll give we'll give them a little bit of something. Any of your favorite directors, they can get involved in this, and because it's animation, you can do a lot of different things and have different people animate and direct different sequences which often does happen in animation people come in mm-hmm. and do sequences so again the nexus tyler remember the nexus The
1: ne- i do remember the nexus there's a lot of cool things that gonna who- whoopi goldberg's gonna come back like there's
0: all these people who can come back but they don't have to be super old and not be able to do things you can do so much with the animation so just keep that in mind
1: you see, that's an interesting proposal. I, I like both of these. It's funny because the like the animation style for like the for the Star Trek animated series is generally one of my least favorite forms of animation. At the same time, though, that's mostly because it's incredibly cheap. And they're like effectively like recycling the same shots over and over again. Right. I don't know if they use that art design with a modern budget, I'd be kind of excited to see what that would look like um mm. i have no idea so what i would look like i, I would you're... be
0: so excited that i think you should pour all your resources behind it now <laughs> and forget about this weird dracula should have been the pro pitch that we're getting from this you see but the
1: like the, the other thing. hand though is that like stop motion animation is a failing art it's like and you know how much i love failing arts like as a like as a uh, setup. And like yeah, the German Expressionism aspect of like the early like like stuff when you do that in anim- in like stop motion animation, especially because you have to make every set from hand, like by hand. As like, I think that they could do some really cool things with actually painting on the shadows like they used to do in those old sets. Mm-hmm. Like, um, as my responsibility as a studio executive, though, when I'm Gotta looking at the tooth, as like the two things. I believe I have a very viable, like, path to, like, to financial success with the Star Trek aspect. Yeah. That's
0: right, you <laughs> do. And,
1: and I actually, like, is like, as a Star Trek fan, I do, I would be interested in seeing that. Like, I, I must admit that just when you first said, like, the animation style from the Star Trek animated thing, I'm like, oh, I think he just lost me. And then I started to think about, like, but what would that look like if they actually had the budget to, you know, animated instead of only five frames over and over again
0: <laughs> and what what would what could you do with, with I, I think we all know as star trek fans what do we all want we just want more adventures on the starship enterprise regardless of which enterprise it is but because unfortunately you know we're so far away from the 70s one i think we just want to be back on on the enterprise d and having them go on adventures so i think you're making the right choice
1: here and i'm i'm glad
0: that it looks like I'm finally winning one of Austin's games. Yeah, well, we'll,
1: we'll, we'll go with that. It's like, however, <laughs> it's like, I do want, it's like, I want to keep the, the caveat that if we make like a lot of money off of this, I will circle back to this Dracula idea. Because
0: <laughs> you would need a lot of money to you, use you, stop motion. You. Stop
1: absolutely. motion is incredibly expensive. It's like, it's, it's one of those scenarios where it's kind of like, I don't understand how anyone still does it because it's just so counterintuitive to all of the ideas of like, kind of, breaking costs and stuff like that, but I'm just I'm I'm shocked that they're still allowed to make them. <laughs> I,
0: I now I'm curious as to what the game is that you didn't do, but yeah have Austin write in and maybe we can do that one.
1: Yeah, I'll I'll email him and let him know. Yeah um, cool. Yeah, so in the, in the meantime, I have no um, no pre like prepared thing on how to finish this episode because I didn't know if I would leave with a big smile on my face or leave like battered and bruised and like have to go and rewatch like a lot of animated films in order to make myself feel better. At the moment, I think I'm I'm pretty at a nice equilibrium. I kind of like got a a solid hit, a solid like half hit, and then like a a solid thud that really i'm just going to pick it up off the floor and say it's okay i still love you and walk away with it so it's, so i think i think i'm happy
0: good well as long as you're happy i mean that's that's <laughs> no the one else's yeah you know, I, am. I mean this this was your this was your prize you you won so this is what you get for winning um you you got to come on this episode so i hope it was good it was like a, a good one for you because yeah i'm i'm glad we we're able to finally talk about these things and hey as far as i'm concerned it's a win if taylor and i kind of like two of our, our two, like one of our two movies each, right? Yeah. Like, you know, that's, I'd say that's a victory. So, so that's go. a good so batting
2: average, right? Mike? It
0: is right yeah. there. It's oh, great batting. <laughs> yeah. You're the best hitter in, in, in history It's baseball. if You're 50%. Um, uh, but thank you, Tyler, for, for yeah, coming. You were great, Tyler. Yeah. It's a pleasure to have you as always.
1: Well, it's always a pleasure to be on, it's like, um, and I will continue to come back and ruin all of your days as long as you have me. <laughs> Go,
0: absolutely. Welcome back anytime. Taylor, take us out. Go see some movies.